Yuri Avnery is perhaps Israel's most prominent and vocal peace activist. And he is a poet, he is an author, he was for more than 25 years in the Knesset, which is their parliament, and he is the founding member of Israel's Council for Israeli-Palestinian Peace. He is 87 years of age and still extremely active in his peace efforts. Nice to have you with us today. Hello? Hello, I hardly hear you. Okay, we'll, we'll push up the microphone as loud as possible. I would like your views on the incident, the recent Israeli commando attack of the International Peace Flotilla headed for Gaza. Why do you believe that this approach was taken instead of simply blockading the ships uh, once they were at Israeli's territorial waters instead of doing this operation in the high seas in international water? Well, I suppose it was for the Navy easier to do it there than somewhere else. These are military considerations. The question is not so much where it was done, but why it was done at all. Why not let the convoy go through to Gaza, deliver its goods, and that's that. I think uh, no one would have cared about the whole thing for more than a day. Now we have created an international incident uh, with many nations, especially with Turkey, which once has been our closest ally in the Middle East. And I think that the general feeling in Israel that this thing was ill-considered and mismanaged, if not much worse. Let's take it a step further. What would have been the harm to Israel if this, this peace um, group had delivered its um, 80 tons of food and medicine? What was the downside to Israel for having that supply given, supplies given to the Palestinians? Personally, I think it would have been a very good thing. I support it 100%. My friends and I have tried last year several times to bring convoys of medicines and food and building materials into Gaza on the landway. We were stopped by the Israeli army on the border. But the Israeli government policy is to impose a blockade on Gaza this is going on for about four years already. It started with the hope that this would compel the people in Gaza to overthrow the Hamas government. But after four years, we can state clearly that it not only has this not happened, but on the contrary, that the Hamas is now stronger than in Gaza than ever. But I would add one element which is generally overlooked, and that is that the main actor is the United States. The United States is, has a policy of trying to destroy the Hamas government. It started a boycott on the Palestinian government altogether after Hamas won the last Palestinian elections. And today, I can assure you, that it is the United States government which prevents any 
Israeli effort, which is being advocated by several people, even in the, United, in the Israeli government, to start to talk with Hamas. It's the United States which prevents it. Because, they, you know, the United States the government has a very rigid attitude. They want to put somebody on a terrorist list, a list of terrorist organizations, whatever that means. And once they, somebody gets on that list, the United States will persecute him and pursue him to the end of the, to the, end of the world. Hamas is a Palestinian movement. It commands the respect of more than half the Palestinian people. I don't like the program of Hamas, frankly. Uh, I am an atheist and I don't like religious movements and parties, not in Israel, not in Palestine, and not in the United States. But they are a part of Palestinian reality. They've won democratic elections. I think it's stupid for Israel to boycott it. I think it's even more stupid for the United States to boycott it. But this is the situation now. It is the United States which prevents, I can say this on the highest authority, it is the United States which prevents reconciliation between Hamas and Fatah. Within the Palestinian community, it is the United States which prevents the prisoner swap to free the Israeli prisoner Gilad Shalit in return for several hundred Hamas prisoners in Israeli prisons. And therefore, it's not just an Israeli problem, it's also a United States problem. I appreciate that answer. Sir, back in the 1990s, when under President Clinton, the official policy was to create challenging sanctions to Iraq, but a letter, uh, not a letter, but a series of communications under the Freedom of Information was released from the Defense Department that showed that against all international treaties, we bombed with intent their civilian power structures, including the water purification plants, electric grids. And the reason, according to the actual documents, which I have read and written about, was the idea that our administration and its neocons uh, in, the, in the military believe that when enough, uh, as, when enough Iraqis died, especially children, the parents of the dead children would be so outraged that they would overthrow Saddam Hussein. And I'm thinking how ludicrous. Saddam had all the weapons. He had pure water. His army was well fed. You couldn't get near him. And what was a poor person who didn't have electricity, who couldn't get medicines, watching 500,000 children die? Now, Leslie Stahl, on 60 Minutes, interviewed Madeleine Albright, who was then Secretary of State, and said, is it acceptable to have 500,000 dead Iraqi children because of sanctions? And she said, yes. And in that moment, I was watching it and my jaw dropped. I thought, acceptable to whom? The Arab world that sees this as a form of genocide against children? The most innocent among us are the children and babies because they're drinking toxic water? And yet we knew full well the consequences. Now, my, and it never worked uh, at all. In fact, more is, if, if you want to have someone hate you for life, cause their child to die and see if they're ever going to befriend you. 
And yet, instead of having any responsible leadership, now I see that there's 1.5 million Palestinians living in Gaza, which by all standards does not allow them a quality of life, not even the basics. And why wouldn't it be then a reasonable approach to assume that if you helped rebuild Gaza, if you put economic uh, economic development as a part of Gaza. In fact, one of my friends, Gary Krupp, has met repeatedly to try to create a uh, trade zone that would put Gazans, uh, the, uh, the Palestinians, to work and create, uh, uh, create a quality of life. Instead, if you take everything away from a person, if in effect you create a, uh, an apartheid camp, how is that supposed to lead to peace? How is that supposed to be a vehicle of wanting, uh, having people want to have peace with you. I'm confused on that. Would you enlighten me, sir? Well, I agree with you. The, you know, when I was a squad leader in the Israeli army, uh, the, one of the methods was that if a soldier does something bad, you punish the whole squad and you, in the hope that the other soldiers will uh, put pressure on this soldier to behave. Uh, governments have the same attitude, both in Israel and in the United States, in, probably in other countries too, that if you punish a whole population, deprive it of, of the um, most imp the, uh, important necessities of life, that they will turn against the government. I think common psychology common sense shows that in such a situation the opposite happens the, the population gets furious not against their own government but against the foreign government which is trying to starve them out and what the result is, is exactly the opposite of what uh, the government was hoping for and I think Gaza is a perfect example of that all indications show that the population in Gaza, one and a half million people and more, support the, the elected Hamas government more than ever, because they, they turning their fury on Israel and on the United States. So it's a counterproductive thing, but uh, governments are generally not very wise and not very clever institutions. They follow, they are, especially if the government is very powerful and power drunk, like Israel and like the United States. They believe that with the, everything can be solved by brute force. And this attack yesterday on the peace convoy was a perfect example of that. It was a use of brute force in a stupid, uh, immoral, illegal action, most of all stupid, because what, what Israel has done is to give a huge push to Hamas to turn the world public opinion against Israel, turn away our remaining friends, uh, adding strength to those who want to impose a boycott on Israel, it was just a stupid things, but uh, people with a military turn of mind are generally 
not very good at anything else. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your views with us today. Thank you very much for all of your efforts you. towards peace. Thank you. Bye. Yuri Avnery, we're speaking to him from Jerusalem just now, and he's been a leader of the uh, Israeli peace movement for a long time. He also served for 25 years in the Knesset and uh, was a, at one time, he was a, a Zionist paramilitary leader.